By the way, before we get going mm -hmm. too much, you and I were just talking about some issues that we were having. <laughs> I, I was going to tell you, I think I have a problem with sugar. Like, I think oh. I have an addiction to sugar. Like, I, I need to talk to... 100% do. Like, so I just came home. Well, we all just got home just a couple of days ago, right? So I'm yeah. home last night. And, um, you know, when we're on the road, I'm actually okay. Because, you know, we'll just go out to a sports bar or go out to dinner or whatever. And I come back to my room. Yeah. And there's there's nothing in there. There's no peanut M&Ms. There's no York peppermint patties. There's no Halloween candy left over from two months ago. Yeah. <laughs> there's no Christmas cookies. There's, there's nothing like that. But when I come home, um, I got an issue, like seriously, like, so we finished dinner last night and, and it's, and it's, I, I feel like I'm like a smoker or like a, like someone with a drinking problem because I wait for everyone to leave and I just raid the cookies. hundred percent. I, I, I had, I had four of these butter ball, but I don't even know what they are, <laughs> uh, cookies. And then I had, and then I, and then I dove into the peppermint bark, the chocolate, the, the dark chocolate yeah. peppermint bark. Like I can't, I can't stop myself. And then the problem is, is that 20 minutes later, I feel like shit. My stomach hurts. I'm tired. Yeah. I, mean, sure. yeah. I don't know what to yeah. do. So I was talking, about, I was talking to Michelle. I, I, told, I told you before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she said that there is a way mentally to get past that, but I enjoy it so much. I don't know if I want to get past it. Well, she, you know, she, she actually gave me a process to go through. Cause I, my thing is soda, which is still sugar. And that's, you know, I don't like, but diet do you feel sodas. like you're addicted to it though. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, I mean, I, the amount of weight I could probably lose just giving up soda, right? Probably minimum 10 to 15 pounds. And That's I just can't, say. and I can't do it. I've tried and, you know, Michelle gave me this process and it's an actually interesting thought process to go through. You know, it's not so much about, um, uh, you know, prohibition of it. It's actually getting so much of it that you learn to kind of wean yourself off in a way. And it's just, you know, you have to have a strong willpower to do that. I mean, that's, I think one of, one of the problems people realize when they deal with people like me or someone else that has an issue like that, it's not, you know, it's a willpower issue because it's yeah, not, exactly it's not a physical addiction. I mean, you're not going to die of withdrawal if he's quit, you know, pounding soda or eating M&Ms, you know, it's not, it's not going to happen. You might, you might feel bad for a couple of weeks, you know, cause you don't have all that sugar, but I just can't, I, I just find myself last night, same thing, door dashed. Baskin Robbins. Wow. I mean, that's that's like calling a drug dealer, right? Okay, that I have not done. Okay, now, now you're making me feel better about myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always always come to me if you want to feel better about yourself. Although, <laughs> although, although now that I know that you can do that. Um, all right, so here's what I did. So I read this thing last night because I couldn't sleep. And I, and I read that your brain, it actually takes your brain about 20 minutes longer to process that you're full and that you don't need it. So it's your, it's your, you know, cause it's your brain, yeah. you know, you can, you can, you can eat a, a, a meal and this, this probably goes along to what Michelle's talking about. You can eat a meal and, and, um, and have enough to survive, but your brain keeps telling you that you need more. Yep. Your brain keeps telling you that you need something. Cause it takes your brain about 15, 20 minutes longer to catch up that you're actually, that, that you're physically actually full. Mm -hmm. So today I just tried walking away from the table at lunch and, uh, and sure enough, it, it kind of worked actually. Yeah. But, I mean, you have I, to find, you have to find something else to do, but again, it goes back to, to what you're talking about, Bernie, and, and you're dead on right about this. And that's why I feel like it's, I mean, I joke, but, but not really, it does. It feels like an addiction because my willpower for it and it's, and it's sugar. It's like, I feel so stupid even talking about it. But I, 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 
I don't know. I, I think Americans, because so much of our food contains so much sugar, right? Yeah. So much processed sugar. We don't even we don't even think about the amount of corn syrup and kind of stuff that, that's put in our foods as, and as, terrible as Americans. Yeah. And so we I think, yeah, as Americans are completely addicted to sugar. I'm just on the high end of it. And I did this once before. I actually cut it once before and I had to drink one because I'm not a coffee drinker. I had to have something of caffeine because that yeah. that actually did go through some pretty intense like headaches and withdrawals when I yeah. cut that cold turkey. But I had to have like one one soda in the morning just to not have that happen. And I was able to do that. And then just, you know, drink 80 ounces or 100 ounces of water a day, you know, and yeah. it worked. But that was 20 years ago. And it's so much more difficult now. I'm going through yeah, the process I feel like now. that's it too, the older we get. Yeah. yeah. Hey, have you, have you heard of, um, have you, and, and I'm glad, actually, I'm glad we're talking about this because it reminds me. Have you heard of Celsius? Yes. Okay. I haven't I, had I, know, I, I know, I know with some of your other issues, I'm not sure you can have it, but, but the kids like it. And Marlon... Um, who who does a lot of PR work, obviously for the league? He does PR work for Celsius, so he actually sent me a case of it, um, and I'm going to try it this week. I've got to be careful with caffeine because caffeine doesn't do my body very well. Yeah. Um, but I've heard it's great, and maybe that's something that, and, and I don't think it has any sugar. So maybe maybe try Celsius. Yeah, he was trying to push that on me last time I saw him. Actually, he was uh, <laughs> he was de- he was definitely oh you know like giving me the whole pitch on Celsius. I mean, I yeah. I, I, I don't know one way or the other. Kids. Kids absolutely love it. Oh yeah. So uh, what yeah. is it? It's just a soda. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll take a look at it this week, and I'll, and I'll tell you. But it, but no, it's not a soda. It's it's like a healthy. It's like you know because because like like Derek, my son, he used to drink those Monster Energy drinks, mm-hmm. and and I'm not sure those are the best for you. Going back to sugar, I mean, I don't know much about them, so I hate to I hate to bag on Monster. Um, right. but but it's supposed to be like one of those healthy. It's like better for you than Red Bull. Better for you than Monster. It's it's like a, it's like a healthy version of those with either low or zero <laughs> sugar. I'll find out more about it, but that might that might be an option for you. Yeah, I I actually drink. Uh, somehow I got myself okay drinking unsweetened or sugar free Red Bull, and I actually enjoyed Ooh. the taste of it. Don't 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 ask me how I did it, but I, that was like the first Red Bulls I drank in, in yeah. volume, and so I. Red Bull's kind of my go-to for caffeine and for energy. Like most people, right. it's and coffee. Yeah, I know right? it is. I know you love it. Yeah, and I. But you can have too much. And it's not so much the caffeine, it's the taurine and the guarine and, and the other things that are in there that you really aren't right. supposed to have massive amounts of, especially at our yeah. age, you know? Right. All right, let's make a pack. Let's let's try it. Let's, let's, let's I'm try trying, man. I, I am. I'm trying. Well, I'll, 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 I'll try and work with you. I mean, because yeah. I, I don't have a problem with, I don't have a problem with, uh, with soda. I know. I feel like a child. I don't know anyone no, else no, my no. age I think, that, I think that suffers I think with soda. I, no, like you, you are far from alone. I mean, I, there are millions of people who. My brother used to be addicted to Diet Mountain Dew. Oh, he's there an you go. So, so he's an accountant. So he, you know, needs to be up and at it early, and he's not yeah. a coffee drinker. So he would just pound Diet Mountain Dew. So I mean, Josh no, Keck's I, all I in it. on regular Mountain Dews. That guy drinks a case a day. It seems like during <laughs> the tournaments. The radio announcer for for the for Coastal Carolina. Every time I do a Coastal basketball game, he's got a big old Mountain Dew right next to him. He needs it for the game, and it's delicious. Yeah. What the hell are we talking about, by the way? We just I don't know. seven minutes. We, we, on, on we gotta right. we gotta we gotta talk about the draft, by the way. Yeah. All right. So um have you recovered from Myrtle Beach? I I, I finally I think just, so. I, I actually played golf yesterday. Don't ask really? me what I shot. What whatever par was, we went to Kiowa because again I got a couple Oh, which one? There. Well you you know Nate. You know Nate. Yeah, Ross. which one did you play? So we we same one, Oak Point. We, we play there. Okay. Yeah. That, that's just an easy one to get on. So sure. 
But um, yeah, whatever par is, you, I, I'm sure I shot double. I probably shot 150. <laughs> <laughs> but, it was, but it was great just to get out and kind of escape. It's just but, great um, to get to Kiowa, period, right? I yes. So today, uh, so today I just kind of spent time before we came on just kind of absorbing what happened in Myrtle Beach. I mean, dude, I was exhausted. I mean, that was like four straight days of, of just college uh, cornhole, high school cornhole, which I didn't have too much to do with. The yeah. pro shootout, uh, and then and then the teams draft. I mean, what a freaking weekend! That was that was yeah. awesome, man. That was impressive. I, I, by the way, I have to say this: I got a phone call or a text message that became a phone call or a mess. Anyway, from Trevor Brooks, and he wanted to set the record straight about the Carolina team and some of the. Basically, I don't want to get all into the conversation that was had because I, you know, I, I think everyone deserves you know some discretion. But you know, basically, he was kind of showing like this was these this was our idea. This was the thought process. And, you know, and, and listening to him tell the story, I mean, you can tell it was very regimented. They were making real decisions. It wasn't just fly by the seat of your pants. I mean, I, and I said on the broadcast, we talked about it. I, I like their team. I, I, do I, I you know, I, I don't think Trey Ryder likes them the way that we do. I think he's all in on Kentucky, maybe a couple others. But I, like I, think Kentucky they, too. I think they have so much flexibility if they want to make more trades. They already made another one, not necessarily a trade, but they, uh, picked up another player and dropped one in waivers yesterday or okay. to, uh, they got rid of Matthew Morton. And I can't remember who they picked up because my brain, by, by the way, anymore. by the way, before we go too far for Jade and others out there uh, who maybe don't know what we're talking about. Okay. So cornhole yep. this year, the cornhole this year actually had a draft for the second time. Now last year, and we've talked about this a little bit on the show last year, there were 16 teams and all the teams were just kind of, it, it was, it was a great, what I would call a beta year. It's just yeah. it, for me, it was a great way to just kind of test teams. It's kind of it's kind of like college golf and college tennis. You pit you pit your best four teams against the other teams, four teams, and whoever right. wins, uh, well, it's 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 seven in cornhole, but right. whatever. So you, you pit your best seven teams against the other teams' best seven teams, and whoever wins the most wins wins the match. Yeah. So it was a great it was a great way to kind of beta test it last year. Then all of a sudden this year. Again, for those who don't know, it exploded. I mean, we're talking about legit draft, like 16 teams from 16 cities or and, and or regions. So, I mean, we've got teams from, from California. We've got teams from Chicago. We've got teams in Florida. We've got teams in the in uh, Texas. I mean, uh, up in Pennsylvania, Ohio. I mean, it, so, so 16 of the biggest areas slash cities now have teams, 16 players on each one. Three players were pre-filled for each team, so we just had the draft last weekend, and each team had to draft 13 additional players. And we went through the whole thing. We had draft coverage. We had cameras. We had analysts. We had yeah. the big board with Anthony. By the way, shout out to, to Anthony, yeah. my own uh, rock star. Dude was yep. dude was freaking money. Killed um, him on on that. Yeah, and, and Michelle running around doing some interviews. Um, but it was, yeah, but it was, it was like legit. I mean, it was a legit draft. And shout out to Trey and Wally producing everything. But man, I mean, it was, it really the, the war room. It was great. Yeah, and and to you, I mean, you were carrying me. My uh, my sick bay self was just sitting there, just trying to get through. So you guys were carrying me along. You had you had to get tired dragging me through the hours there. But it was it was actually kind of fun. Oddly enough, it you was. know, sometimes sometimes work can be work and it can be kind of stressful. But that was fun actually. I agree. I agree. You know, a lot of people came up to to me, and I'm sure to you and everybody else, and said, "and said, man, what a grind! Wow, great job." To me, it was like broadcasting a baseball game. I could have kept going, yeah. honestly. Like with a good baseball game, I'll I'll, mm -hmm. I'll broadcast a baseball game into 15 innings if it's a good game. Um, and I kind of felt the same way. I was kind of geeked up. I mean, the the only problem is 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 you know 
we obviously run, run out of information on some of the players because because they become a little bit obscure. But right. still, it was really fun to see them build their teams. Um, have you have you gone through? Like, I actually went through. Sorry, I've, I've gone. I've gone through. I've gone through most of them. I haven't given like a really true deep dive. I mean, I've got my two, the two or three that I really like. Maybe four. I haven't gone to the point where like Nate Boyer, for example, on social was like trying to get a hot take on who I thought did poorly in the draft. Oh, I was like, ah, I'm not going there. You know, I'll I'll give you the ones that I that I kind of liked, but. I'm not I do like that, ones. like in the NFL, where they have winners oh, yeah. and losers. Oh, absolutely! I, I didn't do. I didn't do. I, I just before we came on, I did. I did. I don't know if you're interested in this or not. I did. Uh, go ahead. Jot down a top five. I, I mean, again, you know, this is just me going through, literally scrolling through, kind of, you know, trying to recall what happened and some of the teams and some of the connections on the teams. I did jot down a top five, and okay. I'm with you. I'm with you, Bernie. I've got Carolina as my number one. I really, I really like what they did. Um, and again, and again, this is just first glance. I haven't done a deep dive into this, but I've got Carolina number one, uh, Kentucky number two. Then it gets real tough after there. I've got Ohio, believe it or not, the Aviators as my number three. Uh, the Woodchucks. I mean, Jimmy Humans, Kyle Malone. I mean, they had to be had to be number four. And then number five. I mean, again, it gets really tough. Uh, Pennsylvania Ringers and the Michigan Marauders. Kind of you don't have for, you don't have for, Kentucky in your top five. No, they're my number two. Oh, you're number two. Okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Carolina was number one. Kentucky was number two. I think I said that. Maybe I didn't. Yeah, I think you, you did. You did. I think so that, maybe that was, kind of my, that was kind of my top five. Maybe I would switch uh, the top two. Maybe I, I. I think it's one A. I mean, it's one and one A for me. Yeah. I, I, but some people don't really like well. you know Carolina. In, in, in some respects, you can look at it and say, well, you know, it's it's a team of what ifs, right? You know, do you get 2020 Derek King? Do you get 2020 Mike Harvey? Well, I don't necessarily – I mean, you're going to get good good play out of them, but you also have flexibility within that team for more trades. Yeah. It seems like a team that's built that they can maneuver things. They can actually use it, and the captains and the vice captains, and we have to give a shout-out to the directors that are team managers for each team that are going through there and kind of helping develop those teams yeah. and those rosters. I think there's movement capability there, and – I think you've got 13 people that have broadcast experience and round limit experience on Carolina, which is one reason why I like them. I mean, yeah, you've got you, you've got some teams that don't have you know, that have people on there that have very little, if any, of that, and I, it's it, it's going to matter at some point. It's going to help that you've been there before and know how to play under those circumstances. So that's why I really, you could tell there was a lot of thought. Put it that way. Yeah, and I loved it. And again, for those who didn't get a chance to watch or those who don't follow Cornhole on a daily basis or weekly basis, like, uh, like we obviously do. There literally was a war room with 16 oh, yeah. tables. They had, they had a, a mini cornhole board with each one of the teams, by the way, if you want to go, I mean, go to, I play corn or I play, what it was. I play ACL. Yep. Um, I play ACL.com. Go to the team's website and check out Davis streaker is behind all the graphics, the awesome. gear and the swag. For yes. all these teams, I don't know what your favorite logo is, but I love the coaster. I love the Carolina coasters. I yeah. love, I love, I love the California sleeve. Yes, and the, the California bear. bear that's we talked about Michigan Marauders. I think it's a pretty cool yeah, logo. Yeah, Marauders is cool, and yeah, I mean, there's some really great swag yeah. if if you want to find some unique unique gear to wear. The but, Georgia uh, Sliders, also a team that I thought did pretty well, but I don't, it's so hard to say, right? Because we haven't yeah. played yet. I mean, it's all what ifs. You know, I mean, I think the reason people like Kentucky so much is they were able to get, here it is, the dreaded word, they were able to get so much value out of their picks, right? Yeah. They they got people in later rounds that probably deserve to go a couple of rounds higher, 
does that mean they're going to play well though? You know what I mean? Like we don't know yet. So it's, it's hard, but I, I'm with you. I like Carolina and Kentucky probably as yeah, my, I really did. As, as my I, top two. I thought they really, I thought they really stood out. So, so teams was awesome. So let's transition into mm -hmm. our guest today. Another huge event that was televised over the weekend on ESPN. I think we were, was it ESPN two? I think we were, yes. Yes. That, that we were on, um, ESPN uh, two. was, was the college singles national championship. Yes. We're talking about the college championship of cornhole yep. and singles and in doubles and in doubles. We, we, uh, we thought we'd kind of focus on doubles because the SEC, which is really good at football, <laughs> we all know that. Apparently, they're good at basketball too. How about Alabama in in basketball? This is like back yeah. to back years now. Like, what's going on down there? But oh, apparently, yeah. the SEC has gotten really good at cornhole. Auburn won it two years ago. Tennessee won it uh, uh, last year, and this year another SEC team dominated it. So basically, we started with fifty teams. Uh, roughly 50 college teams that uh, were, were basically the finalists who qualified to go to Myrtle Beach for the doubles national championship. Then we got down to the, the, the final eight teams that represented six different schools. So we had Oklahoma State, Adrian College, which is a great story. Yes, 100%. Um, South, yeah, Southwest Christian, Christian University, South Carolina, Towson, and Georgia Southern. So those six schools had eight teams. Adrian College out of Michigan, small school. They actually have a full-time cornhole head how, coach. How awesome is that? Is that not the greatest thing ever? Sir, what the hell is going on? A paid faculty member that yes. is a coach of cornhole. That is yeah. awesome. So we went from 50 all the way down to eight. Then we got to our, far, our final four, and it was just so much fun. And uh, so we thought, just like we did last year, we would bring on the 2022 National doubles cornhole champions which went to the university of south carolina so again the sec now has won three straight years in the doubles national championship so as we continue here on borderline we are pleased to be joined by the champions themselves avery snipes and angel camarena hey guys Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome <laughs> yeah. to have you guys on, and congratulations on the win. That was that was so much fun, and and you know what made it fun too is that is that with with, with all due respect to Oklahoma State, who you guys beat, that uh, they had a pretty good crowd. They they had some some players who traveled, um, but because this event was in Myrtle Beach, obviously you had some Gamecocks who were there, and I heard the Gamecock. Oh yeah, it, it was it was loud. You guys basically had. A, I mean, Avery, you guys, you, you loved it. You you were hyping up. You basically, <laughs> you basically had home court advantage. Right. I mean, we're right here in South Carolina. Obviously, if we were coastal Carolina, it would be an even bigger. But I mean. <laughs> It was it was fantastic, and I mean, I was feeding off of it, and I think Angel was too, and I think it was getting in other teams' heads a little bit, but they were trying to drown it out. I forget the guy's name for um, what was it, Southwest Christian or whatever yeah. the semifinals that we played. Dalton Herrera yeah. and uh, yeah, and Zane, yeah. Zane. I was playing against Zane, yeah. and um, he had the big. Uh, earmuff headphones and he i could hear his music when we would bend down to pick up the bag and <laughs> he was trying to drown it out but I, I don't know which was hurting him worse having the the music up so loud or the game cocks and all, all that right stuff. All yeah. right, I, I have to know real quick there was one particular voice in that crowd i it, it's either one of y'all's girlfriend sister mother somebody with the highest pitch scream i think <laughs> i've ever heard do y'all do, do y'all remember hearing that? 
because there, I mean, there were some high pitches in there. Glass was breaking behind us every time that you threw. Every time, if you threw a four bagger, literally windows were shattered. <laughs> I think probably. Avery can tell you who that yeah, was. Yeah, that was definitely my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> was it really? <laughs> yes. That was the same voice that you heard the next day on the, the team uh, event. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, true. That's, that's true. So so you guys not only win the doubles national championship, then there was also a teams competition the next day. So you guys also won teams. And ironically enough, again, it came down to you guys in Oklahoma State, and you guys won that. But, hey, Angel, I mean, how exciting was that? Um, you know, to, to be on national TV representing your school. I mean, how did was were there many nerves? Were you more excited? What was what was what was the dynamic like on the court for you? Um, I think you can probably ask just about anyone that I talked to leading up to the tournament. Um, every time I brought it up, like I just felt like I wanted to jump out of my seat. I was so excited. I've been excited since last year. Obviously, last year me and every played, and it wasn't exactly how we went. And so from then on, I just decided to go full on into like basically perfecting my craft just like anybody else would um at this level and you know going in the expectations were high and uh it was to make a broadcast at first and after we did it was to obviously win the whole thing and uh, we did that and then obviously going into teams the next day you know we had to turn right back around and refocus and um i mean what more can you ask for i mean two out of three um on the weekend Obviously, me and Avery both had a chance to do, you know, the trifecta, which would have been awesome. But um, <laughs> both ran into, you know, at the college level, there's some tough competition out there. You know, you got Chris Fagan, Cole Brewer, you know, the boys from Townsend College, you know, Georgia Southern. They're all all great players. And I got a chance to meet everyone, a whole lot of new people this weekend in great players, even better people. So overall, I would say it was a pretty, pretty good weekend. Hey Angel, real quick. I mean, what what was the what was it like? Like, what was the journey like for you guys that day? Because it's a long day of trying to battle through everybody to get to the final eight to get to that broadcast. Did you guys have any close calls? I mean, how difficult was it to get just through the day? Um, honestly, when rounders, we had actually lost to Jake Brandon and Zach Owings, and we knew going in that that was probably going to be the the best team um, in the tournament, and that was probably going to be who we thought was going to end up playing in the championship, you know, obviously Oklahoma State there, those guys, you know, just came out of nowhere. Um, but, you know, we did well in rounders. And then actually, funny enough, our first game, um, we went down big early. And then, you know, we showed our, our knit and grit and we battled all the way back. And I think actually um, in a couple of those games, we went down pretty early and then, you know, just showed um, – we basically just showed – how much trust we have in one another to be able to bounce back from an early setback and still manage to get the job done. Guys, uh, playing where you play. So you're in South Carolina. So you're in the Carolinas region, which everyone knows that follows professional cornhole is one of the toughest regions. Well, you guys get to see some of those folks quite a bit. If you're playing in local tournaments, do you think that helps you being a college player? You don't necessarily have the time when you're in school. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but to really dedicate yourself to the game so when you go to these blind draws or what have you, does it help being in a region like that where you get to see some of the best players in the world just in your local tournaments? I'll let you take that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I would say for me, I travel, you know, 
all over the state. You know, I go down to Aiken where Avery own, uh, hosts their league every week, you know, up to Rock Hill at the HQ, obviously, you know, the HQ and you've got some big hitters, um, you know, pros, one of the most stacked regionals in the country. And it definitely helps because some of the people that I've met over the last year or so, the pros in general have given me tips and pointers on how to get better. Um, and those I've really taken, you know, to heart in perfecting my craft um, over the last year. And so it helps tremendously, you know, playing against a uh, high competition like that, because in my opinion, if you don't, you can't get better if you don't play people better than you. So, um, you know, it, it absolutely, it helps um, 100%. All right, Avery, here's one for you. One, one of my favorite moments of the entire night was at the very <laughs> end when I think Michelle <laughs> asked you guys, you know, what are you going to do next? And you said, I ain't going to lie to you. We're going to go drink some beer. <laughs> that was hilarious. Absolutely loved it. So, so what, what was the, uh, what was the post post championship celebration? We ended up going across the road to the top golf and um, we celebrated <laughs> there and ran into the, the Georgia Southern boys. And so we hung out with them and, they partied with us and we partied with them and we had a couple of sore heads the next day <laughs> leading into the <laughs> team event, but it was great. It was great. Can you believe that this happened to you guys? I mean, would you have ever imagined that, that you'd be on ESPN playing cornhole and, and playing for a national championship <laughs> in South Carolina? Not at all. I mean, it was just a surreal moment. Like it just, the moments after we're walking out to the parking lot and everything. And uh, I was just telling like my brother and my girlfriend, I was just like, it feels like a dream. Like I can't believe what, what we just did. I mean, it was, it was crazy, crazy. We've right, got to get, go ahead. Go, go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say on a, on a, on a serious note, by the way, before we go too much further, uh, during the match, um, I, I've got to apologize to you because of what happened there was there was there was just a, a a moment of confusion where there was actually a violation that right. was committed during the actual match and 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 I thought it was you who had touched the bags first because on the broadcast you see you pick a bag yeah. up off of the board but in fact it was actually who was it? it was actually Tyler Davis who you were playing against who had reached for the bags early put them on the board and then you you just simply reached down and grabbed the bag that he had thrown on the board. So there was some confusion there. But man, you guys did it. So I, so I'm sorry because it looked like he was you. So I said, "Wow!" I said, "Avery just picked just touched a bag." Well, the reason <laughs> you touched it was because the other dude threw it on the board first. Right. That, so, uh, so that was crazy. Good. But but great job by both of you guys to kind of refocus, get back into it, and then finish the deal. Yeah, um, he that was one that uh, Angel had thrown off the side or off the back or whatever, and yeah. he just picked it up and set it on the board, and then he started reaching and grabbing her other ones. And um, well, is and the round wasn't over yet. For those who don't know, the round wasn't over yet, and right. that's a huge no-no. That's like probably, I mean, Bernie, you can speak to this. I mean, that's probably one of the few but major violations. In the middle of a match, you cannot touch the bags at yeah. all under any circumstance when someone else still has a bag to throw. Thank Thankfully, they were all in the hole. Or off the board. Had had bags been on the board, that would have been even worse of a mistake for them. So thankfully that didn't happen because that would have been that would have been a huge issue in a round limited format as far as how the points would have gone. But uh quick quick just want, want you guys to know while the day after you won, while you were going through the teams competition, there were a few people tweeting from the University of South Carolina, folks involved with the football program, you know, folks not necessarily coaches, not necessarily 
folks paid by the school, but people that handle some of the message boards were, sh you know, shouting out, looks like we're a cornhole school too. I can't believe Don Staley hasn't reached out yet. I know. We <laughs> actually had Don Staley as one of our Super Bowl contestants last right. year. And for those that don't know, she is the head coach, the head women's coach for basketball, one of the best teams in the country. So we have to make sure she reaches out to you guys. Hmm. That would be awesome. I mean, you know, uh, Dawn Staley, obviously you know, <coughs> one of the most iconic um, figures in women's basketball in, for, in the entire country and in the entire world. I mean, she coached the women's Olympics team and, you know, uh, a championship program here in South Carolina. So yeah, that would that would be pretty awesome if she, right. she somehow managed to reach out and find out about it. So. <laughs> she was good, too, when she played yeah. Super Bowl. Oh, she, she was competitive. Right. She was competitive. Yeah, she, she could actually play. So, so, Angel, how did this whole thing start for you two guys? I mean, what... Where, where did your cornhole journey start? Because I'm sure there are a ton of people out there at different universities. I mean, because we, we've seen it grow just in the three years that I've broadcast this tournament now. I've seen it grow. And, and we're to the point now where it's, I mean, one of the cool things in this sport, again, for those who don't know, whether you go to Trident Tech here in Charleston, South Carolina, which is a two-year school, or you go to the University of South Carolina, whether it's a two-year school or a Power Five or anything in between, you can apply and you can you can win this thing. So it's getting harder and harder each year because you have so many schools. But where did this journey start for you guys? Like, how did you get interested in this? Um, well, for me, it really started out. Um, I got to give credit to my girlfriend's family because so once I met her, we started dating. You know, I met her family and I found out that her older brothers actually go and actually play in Cornwall at the local church. And I found out that they were actually banned because they would win all the time every year. <laughs> So from a church league? Of, like the, the family. Um, Who, what what church banned someone? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make an impression on uh, her brothers and you know her family, you know, and I didn't want to lose to her older brothers in Cornhole. So at first, obviously, you know, they you know beat me pretty bad. And then me, I'm just like a super competitive person. It doesn't matter if we're playing Monopoly on Christmas or, you know, Cornhole. Um, I'm super competitive. So I took it really to heart, <laughs> probably more than anyone else would have. And <laughs> from there, I just started going to my local blind draw every week and then started traveling more and more. And then I realized, okay, you know, we might have something here. And then two years later, fast forward, here we are, um, you know, playing at probably as best as I can play right now and obviously looking to get better every day. So Avery, Avery, how did you start and how did you, how did you and Angel uh, end up hooking up to play together? Well, the interest was peaked back in 2020 whenever COVID hit and the only thing on ESPN was ACL broadcast. And then, so that's what we would watch. And then my brother, he had gotten, a set of ACL regulation boards and he would show the look at these bags like they're dual sided and the one's fast side one slow side and peaked interest and from there just blossom into just finding out other people run blind draws weekly blind draws and then I ended up started running one and that's where me and Angel had met and so I guess last year well uh November of 2021 right we had met and we had been playing together but wasn't really hanging out or playing with each other and he I knew that he went to U University of South Carolina as well and so I said let's get together and just go 
to Myrtle Beach and try to compete in this thing. That was last year. Didn't do as well, but here we are this year after one year of being a partnership. How uh, how has the sport grown on campus? Obviously, if you if you go to a football game and you walk around the tailgating lots, you're going to see people just throwing bags, kind of recreationally having a fun, drinking a beer. You know, nothing very serious. But is there now kind of a core group on campus that are playing, or are you guys kind of leading that charge? Um, I think we're honestly leading the charge. Um, obviously, you know, at USC, they have like an intramural um, type organization uh, where, you know, you can sign up, pay a fee, and then you can compete against other people. Obviously, it's bring your own partner. And they have like, you know, your typical corn bags and the boards are like, you know, maybe 20 feet instead of 27 feet. Yeah. So obviously it's a little different, you know, to, from what we're used to. But um, I think the biggest thing out of, you know, this weekend is hopefully trying to start um, you know, maybe get USC on track or put them on notice to, you know, maybe start like a club team, like, you know, how these other schools have like Adrian College, Oklahoma State, things like that. So we kind of want to be, you know, like you said, Bernie, like the front runners um, to maybe, you know, grow the program um, or grow a program into existence. Yeah, I remember, uh, you know, dealing with the college program a couple of years when we were first getting started. It was funny to find out you would have some schools that were all in, right? Sounds great. University of Colorado, for example, they had a hundred and some odd kids in their club program and the school was very involved in helping them out. And then you would have other schools that kind of saw it as something people do when they're tailgating for a football game. It's not serious. You know, we're not going to you know, get involved. And so we ran into that wall. But I think as you see with a school like Adrian College, right, an actual paid head coach, an actual team. That's cr that's that that's where we're all headed. That's what I'm saying. So one day, someone's going to be walking around on campus at the University of South Carolina, and they're going to go through the athletics office, and there's going to be a picture of you two guys <laughs> as the ones that won the national title, and you're going to be like the godfathers of Cornhole at South Carolina. Yeah, the founding fathers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Avery, do you guys feel some momentum at, at the university with, with oh, Cornhole, with the program? Of course. I mean – like Angel was saying, it's, it's just up from here. I guess I, I hope that other people can see like, okay, like it's, it's not just, as Bernie said, just not like a, a tailgate uh, uh, activity. Like it's actually competitive and there's benefits of it. Like you can get on ESPN. Like I never would have gotten on ESPN without it more than likely. I don't <laughs> have the ability to play any, any other sport. So it was just my only shot and took so here's the big it. question. When are you going to get some NIL money for Cornhole? <laughs> <laughs> well, Angel's going to be the only one to, that has a shot at that. I'm already graduated, so I graduated as <laughs> December, unfortunately. <laughs> what was what was social media like for both of you? Avery, I'll start with you. I mean, did your social media blow up? Were, were people watching? Oh, I mean, did a lot of people know that you were there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we made sure to post about it leading up to uh, I think the broadcast was Sunday night. And so we had a big watch party. Uh, me and Angel were together. And just, I don't know, 20 minutes after leaving, there was hundreds of notifications on Facebook and all different <laughs> social media platforms, text messages. It was insane. Angel, same for you, I'm assuming? Oh, absolutely. You know, wherever Avery was mentioned, you know, on Facebook, Instagram, whatever the case may be, my name was right there with it. Um, you know, it was 
it was really awesome to see, you know, all the, the, the love and support from everyone, not just like, you know, in our general area, but all over the country. You know, we've we said, uh, I think I read one point people everywhere in Texas having watch parties, you know, watching us and supporting us. So that was really awesome to see. You know, it just goes to show the family that you can build in Cornwall and how easy it is to, you know, make friendships and connections um, wherever you are or wherever you're from. What, uh, what what direction would you like to I mean, what could the ACL do, for example, to kind of help proliferate college cornhole and your guys' opinions? I just just a random question I just thought of, actually, like, like what is something that we could do better? Do you think as far as like getting more schools involved and is there something we can do better? I wish that there were more like year round events. I know you. this year was the first year that they started with the the open events with uh, including like the high school and the, yeah. the collegiate level events and so i feel like um, once this past the new year's uh weekend passes like you don't hear anything else about the collegiate cornhole level or the high school cornhole level until you get back yeah. to the next season in september yeah right yeah it's true and, yeah, you know Right. And falling off Avery there too. Like, you know, just like he said, you know, once this weekend, you know, happens, you don't hear about it till way later on, almost towards the end of the year. And then it comes back. Um, so I would say probably, you know, obviously Rome wasn't built in the day. So, you know, getting the ACL to, you know, incorporate, you know, these colleges to play in these national championships or other events um, would be, would take, it would obviously, you know, be a process. Um, but, I would say the best starting point, you know, would be just reaching out to these colleges, you know, showing, you know, maybe advertising on like a football, like Jumbotron, whatever, um, like, you know, hey, you know, this is coming up in a few months. If you have students that are interested in competing, you know, have the school, you know, fund them, give them some scholarship money or some sponsorship money, you know, whatever the case may be, um, and then have them showcase their talents um, potentially on ESPN. Um, so I think that would probably be a safe start um, for the yeah. yeah, I really wish we could do, you know, like college golf, for example, you know, you'll have these invitationals and they'll be in, you know, kind of spread out through the country. And you won't just, you know, you'll have your big national championship at the end of the year and you have your conference events, but there'll be an invitational here and there, like one or two a month around the country that different schools will go to. And I wish we could get to that point where it would be just college invitations. You know, I mean, I, I'm glad that we we put it in the opens. But it's I, I think sometimes the opens with all the professionals that are there can kind of scare people off in some ways. I mean, because, you know, there is there is still a pretty you know, there, there, there's a different in talent level. Like, as you guys know, you know, you would still need another step up to get to the pro level. Right. I mean, you're, you're the talents there. It's just more of a consistency thing. But that comes from throwing bag after bag after bag after bag. And so if we could get more of those invitationals, I, I'm just not sure how we could do it. But. I was just I was wanting to get your opinion. So it's something I could take back and 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 use it as my own idea. So sorry, I'm stealing it. <laughs> <laughs> so so what about what about what about prize money like like Bernie and Avery and Angel? Like where, where's the prize money out for something like this? Did you guys get scholarship money? Like what what do you get for something like this? And what are you what are you going to do with it? Angel, I'll start, start with you. Um, well, to be honest, we don't even know like the exact amount of what we won yet. Um, I know it was, there was kind of like a random number bouncing around. I was also asking some of the people last year that competed, you know, about what it was. Um, as far as USC, uh, from them, we didn't actually get anything. I mean, we, 
we basically like unofficially officially um represented them um and i don't think anyone at usc knew about it um until after you know we won which i mean i'm very happy about because now you know like i said it's on it puts the school on notice you know for hey yeah. you know, we're actually good at something else besides you know like women's basketball and you know <laughs> and all that stuff um hey, bernie didn't didn't the auburn guys end up getting rings Yes, wasn't Aub- uh, wasn't Auburn? I, I think there was one of the yeah one of the schools that ended up getting uh, Jacksonville State. When Jack, our original uh, team champion was Jacksonville State University in Alabama, they got and that school, yeah, that school went above and beyond for those guys. Introduced them in the halftime of a basketball game in midcourt. <laughs> did all this stuff. Has their trophy sitting in the trophy case in the athletic that building. All this stuff. So we were hoping more schools would get like that, but you know it's. It's especially with the larger schools, your power five schools, they're so used to being on ESPN and Fox sports and things like that. It's not, it doesn't ring the same way for them as it does with say an Adrian college that was there this past weekend. That's a huge deal for a school like that. Right. But uh, you know, hopefully we can get the South Carolinas of the world. Now, now I'm sure you're going to get all kinds of emails and, and, you know, be pinged on social media from the intramural department you know, hey, you know, we, we, we want to do some stuff with you guys. So, you know, maybe maybe keep them at arm's length and just say, you know, you're, you're just so busy. You've got all these I interviews just, you have to do. Right. I'm just <laughs> wanting them to, to light up the capstone. On uh-huh. campus, they, they have the capstone. They light up whenever something big happens for the university and they just garnet and it's just fantastic. So I'm hoping that they'll do that in honor of us. But we'll, we'll just have to see. Huh. Love that. Love that idea. So you guys, I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, we, we talk during the broadcast all the time on the pro side about how difficult it is, even for the pros, to deal with the pressure um, on national TV under the lights. Uh, Tanner Halbert's a name that I'm sure both of you are very familiar with, one of the top 10 players in the world. He even went so far during one of our interviews last year to say even the heat of the lights is something that you have to deal with when you're when you're on stage. You guys handled that, and I'm not just saying this because you're on with us right now. I thought you guys handled it with such great poise, and really, you guys were kind of lost in the game. Like even even when there was that when when there was that foul by Oklahoma State, you guys still stayed locked in, and it's almost like you weren't. It's like you, you know the moment of being on national TV wasn't wasn't even at the top of your head. So so I, I love to ask other players about this. I mean, and Avery, I'll go to you first. Did you play other sports? I mean, did you play football? Did you play basketball? Like, did that help you at all? You know, keep your poise during the match. Yeah, I played baseball. I mean, since I was five, and never at like a tremendously high level. I mean, I I went to a one A school, so there was never thousands of people there to watch. So this was really the the first time that lights were on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um. But as far as once we got into it, maybe a little bit of nerves. If you go back and watch, I think I threw like a six again in our first game, and you could there were some nerves there for sure. But after that, we settled in. I know I did. I felt like I settled in, and it was just another game at just a different venue, basically. How about you? What you think about? Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. You know, I would be lying if I said, you know, I didn't feel any nerves because, you know, I don't know how can you not feel nerves, you know, being your first time on 
a broadcast court, you know, playing in front of, you know, thousands and thousands of people. Obviously, you know, a lot of people in the stands um, since we were local, you know, we knew a lot of those people there. Um, so like I said, I'd be lying if, if I said there was no nerves. There absolutely was. But um, I feel like after we got that first win, um, you know, we were pretty much on cruise control from there. And um, even like you said, Jeff, with, um, you know, the whole situation with the bags in, in the championship game, um, we knew what we were trying to achieve and we didn't lose focus. And I think that's ultimately what led to um, the success that we had. Did you play other sports too, Angel? I did, yes. So in high school and uh, pretty much all my life, I played soccer, big soccer guy. I played, you know, travel soccer, club soccer, um, played it in high school. Um, you know, full, obviously football down here in the South is a big thing at any level. Um, so, you know, we had full stadiums. We're one of the bigger schools in the area. Um, and I was the kicker. So as you can imagine, you know, the kicker no has enough spotlight because <laughs> they have a whole play dedicated for them, you know, so it's not like, you know, offensive linemen where people just kind of oversee what they do, you know, full, uh, as a kicker, you know, everyone's got their eyes on you when you're on the field. Um, so, you know, it was nothing new having a lot of eyes, um, but obviously, you know, a different situation, you know, this being the biggest stage ever of my sports um, life up to this point, definitely different, but I feel like we handled it really well. So back to back to Jeff's question about nerves. Was it more nerve wracking when you first thought to yourself, man, we might win this thing? Was it more nerve wracking the last two rounds when you realized we could actually win this? Or was it more nerve wracking when the when the championship match kicked off? Um, I feel to be honest with you, the most nerves I felt was the game on the the. Well, the ACL Network game. Okay, that was because that the crowd was packed in, and they felt like everybody was like right on top of. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. and so that was the and you knew like what was at stake to get to the broadcast, and so in my head, which I had told Angel going in, like let's let's just make it there, and everything else is that it's just gravy after that, and we'll just see what happens, and so. That's kind of how it was for me. Interesting. I don't know about Angel. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, the first nerves really kicked in at that point when we played on the the ACL digital um, Mm -hmm. network court. Um, Because like he said, you know, you've got everyone all around and it's not like the broadcast where you've got, you know, the bright lights. So it's kind of hard to see, you know, all the people around. You've got basically just you're, you're focused on the court the whole time. Um, You know, you've got people, you know, all the fans yelling in one ear and then you've got, you know, obviously you know, credit to you guys, the commentators. You know, I remember before you'd be able to hear Trey yelling like, oh, four bagger wins it. <laughs> um, Speak for yourself. I, I heard everything. At that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it was, you know, apart from like, and obviously, you know, I would, I didn't hear, I have the headphones in the whole time, um, which I think also helped me as well, you know, playing just, you know, calming, relaxing music, um, you know, basically blocking everything out, just focusing on the game. Um, but the nerves kicked in there for sure and then once we got to espn there were still nerves um wasn't as bad but then like i said after we won um that first game we were like all right you know now that we've settled in it's time to go to work and that's what we did all right we've only got a minute left so so avery i guess your eligibility in cornhole is is up so so angel are you going to make a run at it again next year you're going to turn pro what are you going to do like what are your future plans 
Um, I think we just got to see what happens. You know, we still got a lot of season to go um, all the way to Worlds. You know, I might, you know, obviously the goal is to get better. If I do, I'll maybe give a shot at the pro qualifying. Why not? You know, if I don't make it, um, you know, if I do make it, obviously that's great. If I don't, then we'll give it a run next year again and hopefully, you know, maybe a repeat. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe you should talk Avery into going to graduate school. But you get a red, get a red shirt. Get a red shirt. Yeah, we already year. had that conversation. Oh, <laughs> Let me tell you, graduate school for engineering? No, thank you. I'm <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, thank you so much for your time, and congratulations to you guys and to South Carolina. Not just a football school, not just women's basketball. Oh, no. They are doubles cornhole champions. So awesome. Spurs job, up. Guys. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Thank Thanks you all for me. having us. Absolutely. All right, stay in touch, guys. Congrats. Wow, it was a lot of fun talking to those guys. Yeah. It's so, you know, it's it's such a different viewpoint on cornhole. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's 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 all it's all kind of glowing and happy. And we don't get that sometimes with the pros because it's so intense for them. So that's that's awesome to see those guys. I think that's the same with other sports too, right? Whether it's basketball or whether it's football. There's, mm-hmm. just, there's just so much enthusiasm. I mean, look at baseball. Look, college baseball, so oh, exciting, right? Awesome. I mean, the dugouts are just electric. So, yeah. Well, again, congratulations to both those guys. Great job. What a run. And, again, how about the SEC? Three straight years now. Auburn, how about Tennessee, it? in South Carolina. How about Unreal. it? I, you, you know, it's funny. Going back, how much time do we have? We don't really have time to say it. But, you know, once upon a time, I thought it was going to be small schools that kind of dominated this yeah. because it would seem more important. Never the case. It's always the big schools, man. You yeah, it started away with some small schools, and now it's the power fives dominating, at least on the double side. So, yeah, yeah. All right, brother. Have a good week. Great job this weekend. Good to see you. you I'll too, talk buddy. again. Okay. Right. Bye, everybody.